bitch, please. Oh, bitch, please, my ass. You want a sandwich? Dig that. Oh, hell yeah. She's a bad I'm a black man in a white world. I'm a black man in a white world. If I wasn't a Christian man, I'd probably be kicking in your way. I'm a black man in a white world. 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 I'm a continue to try to have a kick-ass life or should I just start to whimper away? Today's guest will help me make that decision here next, here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Our summers are so short in Minnesota, it can be easy to forget about important safety measures. And when extreme heat is involved, safety is even more critical. Here are a few things to remember to keep you and your loved ones, including your pets, safe and comfortable. One, remember to not leave your pets and kids in your vehicle. Two, always stay hydrated in hot weather. Three, avoid exercise during the hottest times of the day. Four, stay in air conditioning as much as possible. Five, when traveling, stay sky aware. Check the forecast and prepare for unsafe driving conditions, thunderstorms, and tornadoes. High temperatures kill hundreds of people every year, but most heat-related deaths and illnesses are preventable. If we all slow down, take some time, check on our loved ones, and enjoy the beautiful season. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant. Take the baseline out. Uh-huh. Jiggle. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. On the corners popping, to driving some of the hottest cars New York has ever seen, for dropping some of the hottest verses rappers ever heard. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, the JB's Low Tech Podcast. As I just stated, next week I'll turn 60, and I wanted to talk with somebody who could give me some info in turning what some people would consider old. A 33 years uh, periodontal regenerative surgeon, comic, podcaster, and most of all, more important to me, lovers of a cigar, Oris, and help me with the last name, Oris. Komarnitsky. Say that again. Komarnitsky. Okay. (laughs) I'm just going to stick with Oris if that's okay. No problem. All right. So, sir... We're here to talk about men having, us old guys, having a kick-ass life as we continue on. And uh, my first question to you is, what causes uh, us old guys, all right, can us old guys, I'm sorry, can us old guys have a uh, kick-ass life? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh you know, and, and I mean, at six, at, at sixty, soon to be sixty, you're just a punk. You're a young puke. So uh, <laughs> I wish. So so uh, so so uh, yeah. I I, I don't. I kind of remember sixty, but not really. Um, so, you know, there's 
I think probably the whole thing is is attitudinal, and there's a lot of things that that will that will bring your attitude into uh, into focus. But if if you have a crappy attitude about life, then you don't stand a chance. You. you know, it, and and so I think I think a lot of it has to do with with, with what your attitude is is about life, and uh, that's for me is is probably the number one things and there's 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 lots of things that you can that uh how should i do how should i say that you can do about your attitude on your life and probably one of the first the first thing is is acknowledge that attitude is important okay well i haven't given up i still uh run at least twice a week and i um i'm gonna play in a for the 24th year, I think, in a 35 and older baseball uh-huh. league. And uh, I took up bowling this past winter. So I haven't given up yet. So Well, good. Good for you. You know, I, th- I think staying active uh, is, is a big part of, uh, you know, main, having a, a, a great life as you get older. Uh, and... You know, I, I I cringe when I hear somebody says, "Well, I'm too old for that." Right. It's just it's just like, well, if you say that, if you think that, then you probably are. Uh, but you may, you know, you hear that you hear that from people at all ages. It's not you don't have to be in your 60s to say that. I, um, you hear that from people in their 40s. You hear that from people in their 50s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's again, it's attitude. I uh, work with a 21-year-old, and I hear that from him every once in a while. I just look over at him like, I got problems older than you, son. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you, I mean, I mean I, 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 what keeps you from, from looking over and say, shut the fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just look at him and start laughing. He's, he's a pretty good kid, but, you know. Well, yeah, but you still got to say that to him. You got to get him. You gotta slap. You gotta slap. You gotta slap him. I mean, I mean, maybe not physically, but, but right. ver- verbally, you gotta slap the guy. You know, it's it's that classic thing in the old movies. You know, where like, you know, somebody's like going guns on a, on a, or, you know, kind of a, a rant, and next, you know, somebody comes along and slaps him. And kind of like come come to their come to their senses. Right. No, I totally agree with that because the rest of the crew is a bu- basically a bunch of. We have a bunch of drivers who are in their, I would say most of them are in their late 40s and 50s and a couple in their 60s. But the uh, warehouse crew is in their, um, mostly in their 30s. And I hear all that complaining. I just, again, I just say, you have no idea what you're in for if that's what you think. So, yeah. um, Is there such thing as men, uh, male menopause? Oh, absolutely. And you expound absolutely. on that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's there, there's uh, no doubt about that. Uh, and it, what it has to do, um, what it has to do is with actually your testosterone dropping. Okay. And uh, there's, I've interviewed, like uh, on my podcast, old guy talks to me. Um, there's several... Uh, people I've interviewed about uh, testosterone, and uh, one Jay Campbell, Keith Nichols, and uh, Scott Howell. Uh, I've done uh, multiple interviews with Jay, multiple with Scott, and one lengthy one. And we all talk about the importance of, of uh, testosterone 
and testosterone optimization in men. And just just as a disclaimer, I am not a physician. If you want to start start anything in particular, consult with the appropriate uh, uh, healthcare provider. And uh, my other thing on my medical disclaimer is uh, uh, you're responsible for your own results. And uh, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let so me... now, 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 now we can talk some more about it. Okay. Well, even, stating even with that, and I'm a person who, who has a yearly physical and testosterone is one of the things that is looked at. If it's really low, will doctors start to prescribe something, or is it just something they look at and shrug their shoulders at? Yeah, well, well, first of all, you need to look at your doctor. Okay. Okay. You know, if you if you is your doctor, does he have is he he's the kind of person that you want to be? Yes. So, okay. Well, good. <laughs> uh, because a lot of times they're not. Uh, a lot of times the doctors are based on disease. So my 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 my, my journey, I, and I've been uh, in full disclosure, I've been on testosterone optimization for over twenty five years. You know, way before all these clinics started showing up, and. Uh, it's you would have you have to find a, a good uh, anti-aging doctor to give you an appropriate level of testosterone uh, because most of your primary care physicians do not and will not give you uh, enough to make a difference and I, I get I, I my PCP does not get I don't get it from him even though now he started after years of me <coughs> making fun of him uh, he started he started prescribing it to patients but most most PCPs uh, even if they do give you enough, they'll 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 have you on a protocol that uh, is is not particularly supportive. Uh, there, there's some insanity going on there, out right. there, and in in in, uh, in in that field. And you have to. It, it's, and I'll I'll tell your your listeners, it, it is a challenge to find a good uh, anti-aging doctor. Uh, and and a lot of these uh, uh, T-mails that are you know you advertise a lot now, uh, they hook you up with a lot of stuff that, I, in my personal opinion. You really don't need, and the, you know the only thing I think most guys need is just testosterone, and give that try one thing, see how that feels, and then if you feel like you need something else, then you can go back and start supplementing with other stuff. But uh, they they kind of load load you up on a, on a bunch of stuff. But uh, yeah, finding one that will get you to uh, a good level, uh, and that's that's pretty much individually based. But also the other thing that I will I caution to, uh, is that. Um, what are called normal testosterone levels on, on the lab reports. And again, uh, those are the averages of unhealthy people. And, and so, so the, I mean, the norm and the normal levels are changing. Uh, they're dropping and there's several, there's several studies. Uh, and we're not talking about like uh, tinfoil hat studies. There's something called the uh, male normative aging study, which is, was published, I think in the New England journal of medicine but talks about generational declines of testosterone in men. And so it's, it's you know, what was, what may have been high or high normal uh, 20 years ago is way, is, is considered like super dosing today. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean it's, 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 it has dropped very significantly. And, uh, and so, you know, like I said, we've, uh, in my interviews on my podcast, I talked to several experts that talk about this and we talk about uh, you know, about what, what happens in the doctor's office and things like that. So, so it was, you know, you know, right now, I, the, the numbers like on, on some of the lab tests have dropped from the high normal of uh, total, uh, have you know, dropped from 
1100 to 960. Well, that's a that's a huge jump down, mm-hmm. and 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 the lower ranges have dropped also, and so what was considered abnormal in the past is now considered in the normal range. So when when your doctor tells you, well, you're in the normal range, well, what the hell does that mean? I mean, if if you think about normal range of body mass milk mm-hmm. index in the United States, well, that's not where you want to be. You know, because we're we're fat as a nation. Yes, we yeah, okay. most okay. definitely. Yeah, so 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 being normal does not mean being healthy. And and so it means so, so you're the average so so you're being compared to the average of unhealthy people. Well, I um I've been lucky. Um my doctors over the years have been all team physicians. So they <clears throat> You know, college, for college athletes, so they pretty much know know what a good looking, healthy body looks like. So, yeah, but but there's a big. Uh, there, I think there's a big difference between between you and me in our twenties and us in our sixties. Right. Yeah. So, so they, that I, I you know well, well I think it's great that they know what a good healthy person looks like. I'm not sure they know know how to treat a <laughs> uh, uh, an older man. But they, but I've written along with them long enough to retire at least four of them. So, okay. <laughs> so they kind of know what it is to be an old person, also. Um, um, so let me follow up with this question: Why isn't that looked at more in this country? Uh, because there's a whole bunch of there, there's there's a number of reasons. One, it, there, there used to be a lot of. Um, hysteria surrounding uh, testosterone therapy. And uh, there's several, there's actually uh, uh, consensus papers by, from the Mayo Clinic that talks about safety. I mean, so, I mean, when, when, the, when the Mayo Clinic talks about safety, that, you can rest assured that's pretty much the, the uh, how should I say, a, a, a credible source. It's, it's, not, it's not some guy that's, you know, that's kind of a whack job somewhere. Right. So, so, uh, and I think part of it also is that there's not a lot of money in actual testosterone. Now, in these T mills, when they load you up on a whole bunch of other shit, uh, yeah, but the testosterone is, it itself is not particularly expensive. Uh, and plus, there's, there's no patents on it. So, so a lot of times physicians end up giving drugs and medications that the pharmaceuticals, uh, you know, kind of, uh, encourage them to give. And, if, and, uh, so, uh, I, I guess I'm lucky. I live in the land of the Mayo Clinic, so okay. Uh, <laughs> and the uh, my doctor is is with the University of Minnesota Hospital uh, group. So uh, hopefully they'll be looking for those things. But I'll question those things myself. Um, are there? Let me ask you this. Is there modern re, uh, regenerative thera- uh, therapeutics, or is it all, or is there some quackery out there? Well, both. You don't want. Uh, <laughs> you don't. You don't have to. You can answer both. Yes to both. Uh, there's a lot of quackery out there, and uh, but I mean, you know, no, I, I, again, I've I've interviewed a lot of people uh, in uh, uh, in the in the, the anti-aging space on. On stem cells, on platelet-rich plasma (PRP), uh, peptides, exosomes. There's all sorts of stuff there that's available out there. The the challenge is it tends to be, again, finding 
a qualified uh, qualified physician that's familiar with those therapies. And there's more and more of them out there. The part of it also is that is that they t- they tend to be uh, these tend to be cash pay doctors. Mm-hmm. So so there's no insurance involved because if you're trying to do this on on your with your insurance uh, with with your uh, healthcare plan. Uh, you got two chances, slim and none. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause, cause you're you, in order to get to this thing, you order to get these things and they're, and they're, they're pricey. I will admit they're pricey. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're ain't cheap by any stretch of imagination. So is modern medicine just letting us get old? <laughs> well, they, they're not letting us get old, but they're, they're making us, uh, you know, there's, there's a, there's a value um, I can't remember the statistics now, but how much money you how much money you spend in the last years of your life, mm-hmm. and and so you know there's a lot of use of medical uh, therapy spent in the last years of your life, and uh, people end up going into the hospitals more and this and that things like that. So so there is some of that. You know, you start taking more and more medication and things like that as you get older. Yeah. So it's a problem. It's a pro- Old people they they they. they basically keep you alive until your money runs off. That's a, that's a wonderful thought. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's quite that morbid, but, uh, but, but, you know, I, I think, you know, there was some hint of seeing like limitations about what kind of tests you can have it, uh, in terms of ages and things like that. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon that, that's going on and you might start seeing that some rationing, because it's, you know, if people try to make stuff free, uh, then it gets really expensive uh, because people don't just keep on using it. And so they start rationing it. Right. Does that happen like in a country like Canada where medicine's free? You know, I, I've heard that and, and I'm, I have not encountered anyone personally, but I understand it takes a long time to get to, to get appointments for things that we normally uh, would, would consider like right away. But I will tell you that it's, it's harder to get in and see physicians these days because there's fewer and fewer people are interested in going in to become uh, physicians these days. Well, uh, I don't know what her study will be, but my daughter is uh, pre-med and she wants to be a physician. So, um, uh, God bless, <laughs> God bless her. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, to be real, honest, I mean, be real honest, I, whenever I hear somebody wants to be a physician or a dentist or something like that, I just discourage them because they're going to be, you know, she's more likely than not will be working for for some uh, big private equity group and uh, dealing with uh, uh, production goals and things like that uh, and reporting to an MBA in business. Right. Yeah. Because the, the, the small, unless you get into like the boutique kind of thing practices, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at most, most, a lot of these groups now are being bought. These large medical groups are being brought, bought by private equity groups, and they have a whole different perspective. Um, to, to them, it's a business. It's not a vocation. <laughs> well, sadly enough, that's what happened to co- uh, <laughs> colleges in our country. They've yeah. now become cash cows, and oh, uh, yeah. you know, their main source of income is you know what used to be, f- especially. F- um, uh, land grant institutions used to be; uh, their funding was from the state. Now it's <laughs> it's basically the kids; it's all out of the kids' pockets. So. Oh yeah, well, there's you know, there's, there's very little cap on student loans. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, they uh that's why they get them in and out as fast as possible because they want the next group of kids in and out. So maybe that's how mm-hmm. medicine is going. Uh what happens to a man with low T? Uh, I think first of all, your attitude gets crappy. Uh, and I can I can tell you just from personal experience that I've gone off of my testosterone, and it's almost immediately noticeable because uh, I tend to be a pretty positive per- person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you al- you also start being less decisive. Uh, your uh, libido goes down. You tend to get weight. You tend to lose muscle mass. Uh, there's, uh, there's benefits to, uh, uh, at least I believe that there's benefits to your heart in terms of, uh, testosterone, uh, your cholesterol levels, your energy, your decisiveness, uh, just a whole number of things that really are affected by that. So would that all equal, and that, go ahead. And then that, so that, that all adds up to quality of your life and right. as, as it continues to go down, uh, well, you know, you just, you get, you get into the spiral of uh, how to say kind of a, being well, being a grumpy old man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. I remember that term as a young kid watching the old man on the front stoop. Yeah, get off my grass. Right, complain complaining and and whining at at us. You know, stay off my lawn. What are you kids doing? This, that, and the other. And um, so, does all that equal to men? Uh, male menopause, basically. I. That's it. That's it. You know. Uh, you know. And, and, the, and I'll tell you, the, the 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 part of it is that makes it so difficult for people to realize that's happening. Is that like you know, in women, menopause is is measured in a few years. Mm-hmm. Okay. This male drop happens over decades in men. And so, so it, it happens so slowly that you don't even realize that's happened. Yeah, and every once in a while, <laughs> jokingly, get a hot flash, and I look over and say, "Hey, <laughs> having a hot flash? Maybe it's me- male menopause." But um, <laughs> so, what are three three things men can do to kind of boost their levels and and keep them? Well, there again, uh, I think it's really finding a, a good quality physician that will give you uh, levels that that are going to make a significant difference in your in your, in your care. Um, the you know these supplements that you see on TV, um, you know, they raise they they do raise your levels, but not enough to uh, make any significant difference. And, uh, so I, I just, I, they just don't really work. I mean, I've been, like I said, I've been taking testosterone for over 25 years, uh, you know, pharmaceutical grade stuff and everything that I do is, 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 is legal. Um, is it ever really diagnosed by a doctor? Depends. And- I mean, it mean, it depends on your physician. Some doctors, some doctors don't even test for it. What I heard. And, um, And um, are there other things that can help, like his hypnosis or? Uh... Not for raising T levels. But I think okay. you have to. I don't. I think. It, I, I think it, I can. I, it, the answer, I think, is 
pretty straightforward. Okay, just straight uh, yeah. testosterone. Ter- <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, I was going to say, this is like, you know, there's all sorts of things that will raise it. I mean, yeah, but will it raise it significantly? No. So, you know, you, you know, it's, I, I find that, that uh, like I said, the answer is fairly straightforward. Uh, and, you know, all that other stuff is stuff that you're just, I think you're wasting your time and your money and your effort. Well, yeah. but I think, I, I think you know, one of the other, the other, one of the other things to staying young is to uh, surround yourself with uh, younger people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's, that's a big factor in terms of that. If you surround yourself with younger people, I think you, you know, it's, it's better for you mentally. You're going to feel invigorated. There's also a little competition that goes on right. as you get older. So, so that's, and that's good. You know, people say, oh, competition's bad. Like, well, they all know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> uh, uh, so, you know, that that's really good. I think being around younger people and I guess uh, being active, uh, having purpose in life. Uh, I think guys often quit working too soon. And there's certainly a number of studies that talk about those that, that uh, uh, retire, you know, at 60 or, or around that time. Are more likely to die sooner than those who retire in seventy, yeah. and you you, see, you just see that all all the time when people right. just retire. You know, the next thing you know, they're dead. <laughs> um, yeah, I worked uh, in college athletics or involved in college athletics since I was eighteen for forty mm-hmm. years, and I can definitely tell. Um, and I since uh, moved on, but I still work around a bunch of young people, as I stated earlier. And but I can I noticed that they really pushed me like to stay in shape and stay stay what some people would call hip, uh, right. up on up on up on social trends and things like that. And you know when when a term is spoke, I'm not like <laughs> not the old guy going, what? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, no I'm, I, I, I've been told that I'm very hip. Oh, well, I, don't, I don't believe it, but I've been told that. Well, that's, that's a good thing, Oris. Even, especially by my kids' friends and, <laughs> and my daughters. My daughters rate, roll their eyes. But, right. Yeah, but, but uh, no, they, my, my daughter's friends tell me that I'm really hip yeah, or I get, cool or whatever. I get the same thing from my kids' friends. Um, your dad knows a lot. He's. He knows a lot what's going on, and they just go. <laughs> uh, does I'm going to move into your field for a little bit here. Does your uh, does a person's uh, dental care play a role in aging? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It plays a big role in your attitude and your aging, uh, especially if you have if you have painful teeth. I mean, you can't eat, you you're maybe uh, become uh, socially reclusive and don't smile. You can't talk without being in pain. Uh, your your self-esteem is is down because when you look at yourself in the mirror, uh, you, you see these ugly teeth. Yeah, no, it's a huge factor. It's, and, and people that people that are missing multiple teeth often have uh, um are more likely to uh, die younger. Uh, there's there's some correlation uh, about heart disease, especially in men, 
and uh, and uh, and being having periodontal disease. So so yeah, I mean it, it absolutely it's it's absolutely a factor. I mean, uh, it dental care is a significant investment, mm-hmm. and I, I mean significant investment, especially if you have crappy teeth. <laughs> so at the same time, uh, it, it's one that you know we when I was a you know, sometimes, sometimes it would be the cost of a car, right? Literally it'd be the cost of a car. Uh, but at the end of the day, in five years, the car gets paid off and you are looking at an old car that may need to be traded and replaced with another car. But usually if, if the dental work is done well, you know, uh, then it's going to be, um, it should it should last a lifetime with maybe some minor maintenance. Right. No, I have two. Um, I have two crown crowns in my front two upper teeth, and <laughs> and I got those at about age twenty two, and I've had them ever since. So they must wow. have did it must have did a pretty good job. Yeah, um, absolutely. Ice hockey injury. Face first into the ice at the, at the age of eight, oh. at the age of eighteen, but they didn't get oh. fixed until twenty two because of the cost of dental work. Sure. And, um, no, I've been lucky though. I've uh, the jobs I've had have had very good dental uh, programs, and the past twenty years being an employee at a university of Minnesota and being which makes me a state employee. I have darn good. Uh, Dental insurance. I pay like, what is it, twenty six bucks a paycheck? <laughs> yeah. Or no, it's even less than that. Since my son's off, I think it's like six bucks a paycheck. Oh. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, does uh, I'm gonna and I know this is a the most basic question to ask a dentist, but how often should you be seen by somebody in the dental world each year? Well, well, most depending on depending on your, uh, especially as an adult, depending on your periodontal disease level, uh, usually, it, and people are surprised when I say this, about four times a year, uh, because that's the time that it takes for the bacteria to repopulate in your mouth after after dental cleaning. Right. Three months. Okay. Yeah, mine has me on twice a year, but things have been going very well lately. So. Mm-hmm. So what else can somebody do to cut back the edge of time? It sounds like you have a wonderful, wonderful relationship with your wife, and mm-hmm. and um, I think that's that's also important. I think that uh, uh, as far as that goes, I think what you really need to do is to continue to, uh, in many ways, um, date your wife and to be constantly as if you are flirting and to make your relationship fun. Right. And that's, and I, and, uh, you know, I've been there. I, you know, it's, it's kind of hard, you know, sometimes kids, you got financial tensions, you got all sorts of stuff, you got to some health issues, things like that, all that. But I think a lot of times people don't make, stop making their life fun. And, uh, and that, and that, then, then, then it starts into a spiral where they just kind of go through the motions of being married. Well, you're a very interesting man, uh, Oris. You, I'm reading through your notes. You talk about 
all the stuff we've been talking about so far, and you even get into things like <laughs> shaving. Uh, what, sure. <laughs> what tips do you have for men for shaving? Well, if you're going to use a, a, an old-style razor, uh, be prepared to cut yourself for a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know why. Just uh, That guy came across, across my uh, across my screen. I thought, oh, this is kind of be an interesting topic. Right. And there's a whole, there's a whole different, there's actually a whole culture to shaving with, uh, uh, with, you know, with, with, with razors or old style razors and things like that. And actually one of the things I do enjoy is, uh, is a professional, uh, shave at the barber shop and, uh, with the hot towels and all mm-hmm. that stuff. That, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a fun treat. Is that still going on these days? Oh yeah, yeah. It's sometimes it's harder to find, and sometimes it. I, I mean, I've been doing that for ages. I mean, I've been doing that for like God, twenty-five years or so. Uh, but it's a uh, you know, like all things, it's kind of changed in some places. Like <laughs> some people, because everybody's trying to be so nice, they don't make the towels hot enough, so right. doesn't get your doesn't get your beard softened up enough, so then it's harder to, to shave you. I, I've actually had one guy shave me and. Um, he didn't charge me because he, he did a crappy job. He literally did not charge me. Right. And and part of it was I, I the towel. I could tell him right away. I, I could tell him exactly why the towels weren't hot enough. They just weren't hot enough. And they, maybe somebody said, "Oh, that's too hot." Like, grow up. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's called it's called a, called a hot shave. Right. It's not called a warm shave. It's called a hot shave. Hot towel shave. So 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 yeah. So yeah, but I, I think that, that that kind of stuff is, is pretty good. Yeah, and and John, yeah, I also um, we also I'm gonna plug my program here. I have a a, a men's sure. coaching pro- I have a, a men's coaching program. Go ahead. That you can find at the uh, standard dot academy, and uh, if anybody's interested in in uh, uh, in doing that, they can go to that website and uh, find out more and, and set up a discovery call. But uh, I put together a, 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 a program that has uh, some that has on-demand material, webinar material, mm-hmm. and and then also part of the program is account uh, is a weekly accountability uh, program, and that's with a group calls. And what we do there is that uh, we spend time on solutions to challenges that people are having. And one of the things that I thoroughly believe. Is to be solution focused. Now you got to identify the problem. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But you need to be focused on solutions because too many times people just sit there and they complain and they complain and complain. And uh, quite frankly, I don't have a lot of tolerance for that because uh, I kind of shut that off pretty quickly because complaining about something is not going to get you more. Right. Complaining complaining about having no sex in your marriage is not. I <laughs> guarantee you. Is not going to get is not going to get you more sex. No. Okay. That, 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 that's that's the last thing. If you're complaining to your significant other about that, I will guarantee you, you are just pushing them away. Yeah. And 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 so we we, we talk about you know we talk about that stuff. Uh, but again, there it's, it's kind of a mental attitude about what we do. But uh, yeah, so we spend like I said, I spend a lot of time. Uh, putting this program together, it's been a lot. Of, it, took, it took me quite a while to do it, and uh, so, but uh, so it's, it's a, it's it's been kind of a life working. You know, it's kind of uh, gave me purpose in my life. It was my job. It became my job after 
uh, and what I was doing in my career after I left after, after I left dentistry. So, getting back to our earlier discussions, not on t- testosterone, but just men and growing old in general, are men more men, uh, manly or less manly these days? Oh, less manly, without doubt. Why? Why do you have that opinion? Uh, because that's that's the reality. You you look at. Uh, I mean, and I'm sure there are lots of people that say, "Well, there's outliers," but you just look at, at you look at the disparity of how young men now are so frail, as a general rule. Mm-hmm. So you, I mean, and that has to do also with. Uh, Lower testosterone is not just a problem in older men. It's actually a problem in younger men. And a friend of mine, one of the people I interviewed, he told me that he was seeing men in his uh, clinic, which is basically an anti-aging co-office, that had lower testosterone levels, lower baseline testosterone levels in their 20s and 30s than the men that he was treating in in, in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. So is that just a? Um, there's a, there's environmental reasons. I was going uh, to say genetics or. No, there's a, there's environmental factors that are going on that are affecting uh, the production of testosterone in men, and so uh, even I, I was talking to a, a, a man in his thirties, and if you looked at him, you would never thought that he had had low testosterone. Uh, he was a firefighter, and, you know, just you know, like most firefighters, you know, buff and all that stuff. Uh, but he said that his testosterone was was incredibly low, <coughs> and he said you'd be surprised that over fifty percent of firefighters are on testosterone. Now, when some people listen will hear this, they would think we're talking about men being rough and aggressive and things like that. I'm I'm assuming that's not what you're talking about. Well, you know, what's, what's being aggressive? Being assertive is being aggressive? Well, then, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, I, I, there is a certain amount of, of an alpha component that is part of your masculinity, and I don't view that as, 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 a, uh, as a detriment. I actually think masculinity is God's gift to men and to women, and femininity is God's gift to women and men. So I don't, there's, there's a lot of that, you know, toxic personality. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're someone that likes to go and get into fights and this and that, you know, that, that's kind of stupid. That, that, there's, a, there's a term for that called asshole. Right. <laughs> or, 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 or douchebag. Right. Uh, and if you're a woman who is totally crazy and likes to get into fights and arguments, well, you're a bitch. <laughs> uh, and so, so, so yeah, there's, there's toxic personalities, both in male and female uh, areas. But, you know, being someone who can take care of things, you know, you know when the power lines go down in the middle of a storm, mm-hmm. okay, that guy out there is pretty masculine. And I know there's women that go out there. I mean, I know it's not, but the majority of time it's going to be some guy out there fixing that power line in a storm. And he's going to be probably going to be pretty masculine by what some people, what society may find is not particularly genteel. Right. But you want somebody that you want somebody to get shit done. Has uh, society itself uh, stripped away some of that? Oh, it tries to. It tries to, but I think there's a, there's a backlash about it. you know it, it, there's an article that that uh, uh, in a, you know 
and, and a lot of women are, co- are complaining, especially millennial women, like, where are the men? Right. Where are the men? Where are the men? There, there's a shortage. And it's not, women are looking for men. Uh, they're, they're not looking for, you know, you know, the, you know, the last thing a guy wants to be is in the friend zone. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, How true. yeah. How true. Yeah, I, I, I've been there. I don't know. It was, fuck, it, it was fuck. You know, but, uh, you know, but that, that's, but, you know, that, that's what happens a lot, a lot of times. And people go, well, I want a nice guy, but they're always hanging, they're always looking for bad boys. <laughs> you know, it, you know it, it, it's, you know, it's, Oh, I wish I could find a nice guy. <laughs> you end up in the wrong place. But so, yeah, no, I like I said, I have, I have no qualms about that. And uh, yeah, and boys are different than, than girls, right? And and and, uh, and by the way, for your listeners, uh, no, uh, it's it's binary. <laughs> yeah, it's binary. Right. <laughs> Just, just, I'm, I'm sure that, that that anyone in your audience has figured out that that, would, that I might actually believe that and say that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you can you can you can use all the you can use all the you can know, all the pronouns you want, but right. it's binary. <laughs> no. <laughs> and and the pro and just because you gave yourself a pronoun mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't mean that uh, one it's realistic and two that I have to accept it. Because me accepting it requires me to suspend reality to believe in your delusion. Okay, I people, people ask me like sometimes. Okay, so sometimes people ask me, "What do you want to be called?" Right. You know, and 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 actually, I had someone once ask me that in terms of pronouns, and I just looked at him and I said, "I don't do pronouns." <laughs> and that was the end of that discussion. Uh, but but I, I say so. I want to be called Supreme Emperor of the Universe. <laughs> Yeah. Now, 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 is that, now, just because I, I, I self-identify as the supreme emperor of the universe, does that actually make me the supreme emperor of the universe? <laughs> no, not by. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I can I can self-identify all. I can it's like I, I can self-identify as a rock. Does that make me a rock? No. You can self-identify whatever you want, but you know, there's a there comes a point where your life where you, you know you used to play like soldier and doctor yeah. and all that stuff, but. Uh, you know, you gotta give that that game up, that play game up. Well, my my first ever interview on my podcast uh, was with an old college roommate who now is an associate director with Spike Lee and other groups. And um, before the interview, I said, "How do you want me to refer to you?" And he goes, "King." And I was like, "All right." <laughs> So I just, when I started the interview, I said, "Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce the king." <laughs> there you go. Did he, didn't he know that was Elvis? <laughs> he he believe me he he knew that he just no I know I know just, just, he was just you know like I said you know we're, yeah no 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 I know I know I, I know but but it's just you know like like I said I don't you know you can self identify it all you want but you know and maybe I'm just because I don't want to get like into a fight at that moment. Right. I probably, probably will, uh, because I, I think the other thing is is, and this is a disappointment of people that are boomers is that I think that in many ways we have all this bizarreness in society mm-hmm. because bo- boomers just said, oh that's okay, and we spent twenty thirty years saying, oh that's okay, that's okay, that's okay, and it wasn't okay, 
And so right. now we got now we got this all this craziness that's trying to be passed off as normalcy. I mean, I, I like I said, I you know, you really need to talk about your sexual identity to a kindergartner, a first grader, a second grader. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't. I I know so. <laughs> I mean, you you know, I, if you're in kinder, if you're in kindergarten, if you have a penis, you're looking for it. You know, you're trying to get it out of your pants before you pee all over yourself in the right. bathroom. You know, yeah. it's 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 a uh, it's, it's insanity. I can see some situations where that talk may happen, but the situation I'm talking about is at home. Oh yeah, I, because I, your lot, parents I, are both of the yeah. same gender I, or something like yeah. that. Well, that or they, you know, it doesn't matter if they're, I mean, they, they can be, you know, it can be a, a, a gay couple, it can be a heterosexual couple, but that should be happening at home and not by some, by some teacher who may or may not have their shit together. <laughs> yeah, right. That, to, you know, I have a family full of educators, but I still totally agree with that because they have their crap together. <laughs> so, um, also, it says you're a comic. Do you go out and, and perform stand-up? Uh, I used to, but I don't do that anymore. It's, it's a lot of work. Okay. Uh, even putting together a five-minute deal, you have to yeah. spend, spend a lot of time writing. And quite frankly, uh, between putting together my uh, program, my uh, my coaching program, and the podcast, uh, doesn't leave me a lot of time uh, to do that. And uh, it, it just, like I said, it just takes a lot of time. To, it takes a lot of time to put that together. Do you miss it at all? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it was it was fun to get up on stage. It was scary. Right. Uh, you and you, you know, and I I just I'm just totally after having done it a few times, I totally marvel at these people that can, can get out and do it for an hour. You know, or an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, they go out there because you know doing a five minute deal. Takes a lot of writing. You right. Think five minutes. You think five minutes is is a short time? You get up on fucking stage and the room's quiet when you tell your first joke, and that time seems really long. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've gotten to know a lot of uh, comics over stand up comedians over the years. I was a bit player for twenty two years on a morning radio show in town, uh-huh. and um, and then on a very successful national, uh, local, but it, it goes out nationally, podcasts. And we would, on Fridays, it was, was the day I went to the podcast and to the morning radio show. And that would be the day that we would talk to comics because they would come in and kind of pump up their sales for the weekend. Sure. And, um, boy, can they... You know, they're funny, they're quick-witted, this, that, and the other, but they can also be very shy and very reserved people. Oh, yeah. And I try to explain that to people. I said, a lot of comics are very, I said, they come off as standoffish, and I said, no, they're very, (laughs) they're very shy. And some of it is the pain that they've faced in their life, which which they talk about in funny ways. Yeah, they they assume you know they assume a persona. Uh, I remember I saw once, and <coughs> he was very funny on a topic that's not very funny. He was talking about the fact that he was dying of cancer, and uh, you know he was he he was he was actually very very funny when he was talking about it. He happened to be Jewish, and he said like you know 
And he said, like, you know, when you're dying of cancer, he said, he said, we so you start celebrating Christmas because when you're dying of cancer, you start, you know, you start grasping at anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there we were with our Christmas tree. So do you keep do you keep watching stand up? Uh, a little bit. I don't watch a lot of things. Uh, you know, I I don't really watch a lot of stuff anymore. I mean, I listen to some podcasts. I do this. I do that. But I don't really uh, uh, watch a lot of stuff. Um, I'm too busy. I'm too busy working producing content. Right. Yeah, that is people don't understand for a podcast. That is your main thing. Content. <laughs> yeah. No matter what it is, you just want more content. No, Absolutely. I was, I was going to see if you kind of kept on the com- up on the comedy world because since post-lockdown, I'm not going to say post-COVID because we're not out of it yet. We'll but, never uh, be out of it. Right. Yeah. It's, called, it's called an endemic. It right. went from pandemic to endemic. Yeah, well, right now we're kind of going through a little um, break outbreak in my where I work at right now, and it's like, oh boy. <laughs> so, um, but I've noticed that they're not the comics are that uh, it's just like a muscle that you have to continue to work on and work with, oh. and this, that, and the other. And clubs will close down, and I've watched a few, sh- uh, you know stand-up hours on um, Netflix, and it's it's C-plus material at best going on right now. And some of that is because they didn't get to work their muscle. Yeah. Well, that and also, you know, I think it's hard to because everybody's so worried about being offensive. Right. Uh, that, that some of the stuff, the funniest stuff is offensive. Right. Uh, um, you know, I mean, Don Rickles was oh, yeah. hilarious. And he, he offended everyone in the room. He made he was an equal opportunity offender. Well, uh, and uh, there you know, and, and you know the controversies around some of the other comedies, uh, 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 David Chappelle mm-hmm. and all these you know the, the big names. Right. You know, it's uh, you know, it's hard because somebody's no matter what somebody's going to get offended. Well, and that. In a lot of ways, comedy is also to make you provoke you to think, yeah. bring you to yeah. thought, and to maybe look at something in a different way, or to look at something. Period. Because some people won't even look at a topic or discuss a topic. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and comedy will force you to do that. And speaking of Don, Don Rickles, God bless his soul. Uh, Fifteen twenty years ago, I got to see him live. And, of course, they put me center row. This is when I was working at the radio station, so they knew I was coming. They put me center three rows to the stage. And I, what I figured was he needed to see somebody. I'm African-American. He needed to see somebody black to get some of his material over because he kept looking at me. Ain't that right, brother? <laughs> Yeah, and I was not offended at all. I thought it was the funniest. It was one of the best stand-up shows I ever went to, and one of the best times I had for a night of comedy. So, yeah, yeah. I, I know we don't we don't spend a lot of time watching uh, stuff, but we do watch some things. Uh, a lot of documentaries, and actually on Netflix, the, uh, the Don Rickle story, and actually the Frank Sinatra story. Right. I never I never knew so much. I never 
there was like so much I did not know about Frank Sinatra, which actually was, was incredible. I was like, oh, oh my God, I had no idea about this person. Yeah, I, I got to see both of those on Netflix too, but uh, Don Rickle tells a, a great story about he's, a, he's coming in, in a restaurant with a date and he knows Frank's there. So he, he goes and he sits his, his date down and he goes over to speak with Frank and he said, hey, can you come over and say hello? It would be a really big deal. And so Frank finished his meal and he came over and he said, hello, Don, how's it going? And he goes, Frank, yeah, I saw you. I noticed you you're in here. You didn't have to come over here and, and talk to me and bother me while I'm trying. <laughs> he totally played Frank to impress the woman that he was with. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so, no, uh, yeah, people were, you know, and maybe that's part of the whole manly thing, too. People were, you know, get over themselves. It's a joke, for Christ's sake. You know, no, exactly. No comic has ever came to a, uh, a show thinking that they're coming to offend you personally, you know? Yeah. So, well, what, what people that, that most of the time, and I, I talk about this in, in my coaching program, is that people that think other people are, are trying to, uh, be offensive to them or maybe get in their way. And it's kind of like, no, you're not that important. Most people don't even know you exist and you're not that important for them. They're, they're worried about their own shit. Right. They're not worried. They're not worried about getting, they're not, being, they're not worried about you <laughs> at all. You know, that's like, yeah, they don't, they don't give a fuck about you actually. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, you know, you hear that, you hear that kind of whole victim mentality. It's like, no, it's the exact opposite. People just don't care about you. It's not that they hate you or this or that. It's just like, no, they're just totally indifferent to you because you're not significant. Yeah, that's the other thing is people think they're right. significant when they're, when they're not. Yeah, I um, when I worked college athletics and I worked closely with the athletes, I was an athletic equipment manager. And mm -hmm. I would always explain to them, my day depends on how much you guys screw up <laughs> in a lot of ways, how much stuff you lose, what, what stuff you don't return, um, how you take care of your stuff. And I had this one young man who, he looked at me one day, he goes, you're just out to get me. I, and I finally looked at him and said, I do not wake up thinking how I'm going to get you. I said, I woke up and, and go, I hope you all have your act together. So the most I have to spend every day with all of you is, hey, how's it going? Good to hear. See you later. <laughs> Move on with my life. Yeah. Or as, yeah. Or as uh, there was a basketball coach, uh, coach at the University of Minnesota and University of Kentucky and a few other schools. His name is... Um, Tubby Smith, he looked at me one day, he goes, JB, 90% of my problems is caused by 10% of my team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'd never thought of it that way, but then once I thought about, yeah, it's the same knuckleheads all the time that cause all my problems. Well, that's, that's, exactly, that's exactly true. That's why you want to try to eliminate, whether in any area of your life, you want to eliminate uh, because 10% of your 
of the ten percent. The problem can occupy eighty to ninety percent of your time trying to solve. And so, if you want to eliminate those people out, out of your life, I mean, I've I've eliminated family members out of my life mm-hmm. for that particular reason. I just did not want to pay the toll anymore. I was done. Right. And so, and, and you have to do that with other. You have to you have to cut out you have to cut out poisons out of your life. There's, there's, you know, they're they're cancers, and they metastasize, and they, they they try to they're like alien. They try to grow inside you, and, and so you got to cut them out. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I've um, not as much with family, but I have friends that have finally just said, "That's enough." Why do I have to always leave the situation feeling like crap? You know, yeah. why do I have to be the one to always try to fix things or, or try to keep things going? It's like it's, you know, I'll be much better off by just saying, see you later and just make sure as much as possible not to make sure that that person <laughs> comes back into my life to the point where yeah. they can, they can oh, have I, that I, effect yeah. on me. Well, I think, John, I think it's, it's, it's harder, you know, especially with family because there's, there's all this stigma, oh, it's blood. Uh, but it was, I, I actually think that a lot of times family can be uh, very, very, very poisonous in your life. And, uh, and you just have to say, no, I'm not going to tolerate it anymore. And I said, well, I've done that. I've done that. And uh, is it the ideal situation? No. Uh, but I think better than dealing with the crap that was, that was being dealt to me. Yeah. And I was done. I was done. I said, I'm done. Uh, I expect the next time I'll hear, I'll hear about you is, is about what is, uh, when you die. And, and I may, I am, I, and if I'm, you know, if I'm asked not to come to your funeral, that's fine too. So, um, you, <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> I didn't dwell on it further because in a certain situations, that's where I'm at. And I don't want to expose it by saying anything who those people, they may not know. They may not haven't figured it out. Oh, they know. They know know exactly (laughs) who they are. Just by you you saying it, they know who they are. And and not only that, but the ones that aren't, you're going to make them paranoid. Just made them paranoid. (laughs) That's true. Um, So, uh, you talk about vices versus, and I couldn't find the other word, um, um, but um, are there such things as a good vice? Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's called things in moderation. Right. Well, I mean, liquor, I love liquor. Mm-hmm. Hell, I love liquor. Uh, but, you know, liquor, if you, you know, too much. It can lead you into, uh, in you know, in, into alcoholism and, and totally just, if you ruin your life. Uh, gambling, uh, you know, gambling can do that. I just did an interview about gambling addiction. Uh, even smoking cigars. You know, some people. Uh, I I have, I have a couple cigars a week, maybe two or three, uh, and uh, I think you know. I, I do have a friend who has like five cigars a day. I have no idea how he managed to pull yeah. that off. But, yeah. but, uh, but, uh, you know, there, there are things that, and, and, you know, and that can be true also of exercising or work. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you know, if you overtrain, you, you pr- you're prone to injury. 
yeah. and and so so those things are uh, uh, are all factors. But I think uh, you know uh, vir- a virtue can become a vice, and, and uh, a vice things in moderation, I think, are, are, are pretty are, can be pretty good. That's the word I was looking for. Virtue. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, had a, one of my mentors in college. His whole life was the job. He had, mm-hmm. he wasn't married. He has no he had no kids, and his whole life was wrapped around the job. And it wound up killing him because he, sure. he you know he didn't know how to escape. The job exactly exactly so and uh I, I see a couple of guys i work with in their 30s and 40s and they come to work and all they do is complain about work which tells me their whole life is right here and it doesn't make them happy being there so it's like i want to look at them and say dude why are you here <laughs> beyond money why are you here? Yeah. Because you know? this can't be your whole life. It just can't. Uh, to, to end this podcast, we kind of started talking about it, but uh, cigars. I basically only smoke during baseball season. <laughs> okay. After a baseball game. And it's, it's very true. I mean, as soon as the season's over with, I may have a, a one or two to kind of wane myself off. And then after that, it's been about six months since I had one. And our first game is Friday. And I got two in the humidor that are just waiting. to, One's waiting to be smoked this weekend. So how mm-hmm. did you get started? And what is your favorite cigar? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I actually got started on Swisher Sweets in high school. Okay. And then over the years... Uh, I didn't smoke at all for a little bit, and then I got back into it. Uh, mostly, uh, the thing about a cigar is, uh, first of all, I mean, I do smoke cigars by myself every once in a while, uh, especially if I'm sitting there thinking about something mm-hmm. uh, and trying to figure something out. But most of the time, cigars are a social thing, and uh, it's, it's like sitting around a campfire and talking. Right. And uh, so so that that's important. Uh, I like, the, there's a a cigar made by L. Artista called the Big Pappy, uh, uh, and uh, what's his name now? Pappy, Big Pappy, baseball player from Boston. Yeah, David Ortiz. David Ortiz. Yeah. He was a he was uh, a former Minnesota Twin who failed here yeah. and went to Boston, and now he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and uh, so so uh, he actually uh, uh, designed this cigar with a with a. A friend of mine who I actually interviewed, who owns L. Artista Cigars in the Dominican Republic, and so uh, uh, so that I like that, and then I, I like Mercos, which is a church plant cigar. But it's it's a lot of it is it has to do with the, the social aspect mm-hmm. of it because uh, like I uh, last night I, I met a, a friend for a cigar at a cigar bar. I'm going to uh, I'm part of a men's service group, and we're meeting for dinner tonight. Where it, it starts off with uh, during cocktail hour uh, with cigars. Uh, and we go from there. Yeah, I had a lifelong friend from, <laughs> uh, we went to church together, then high school together, and and we've still uh, remained friends to this day and stay in touch. And he came in town for a family reunion, and um, 
I, you know, we connected and went out for lunch and it eventually we both had the same idea. We found a cigar bar in in St. Paul, Minnesota and, uh-huh. and went there and had a, a couple of cigars with his cousins and, and you're right. It's very social. I, um, like I said, smoke them after baseball games because there's, you know, everybody else is drinking beer and, and I'll sure. have a beer or two myself. But, you know, it's just a very social aspect. Plus, they help with mosquitoes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. yes. <laughs> okay. That, that, that I, yeah, actually, I did know that. But, uh, you know, but it's, it's like I said, it's a, it's a lot. Uh, and, uh, you know, if, if you are in business, a lot of deals get done in cigar bars. It's it's, it's right. pretty interesting. Yeah. So, but but I, I think a lot of it's the social aspect of, of having cigars. Because uh, I I have a bunch of men that come over to my house on Friday afternoons uh, at three o'clock, and, and we have cigars. And sometimes it's two of us. Sometimes there's eight people. Uh, it varies from time to time depending on who's going in. Yeah. Fortunately, my golf game was such that I had to give it up. So. Because that no. would probably be another place where I would smoke him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of a cigar wimp in the sense that I I, I smoke the light wrapper, but I'm a. Very... I like a, I I like a light wrapper. I don't I feel, <laughs> I don't feel I don't feel the need to be to prove my masculinity by <laughs> by taking a Maduro. But I am a big. Um, um, Light wrapper, cigar smoker, and I knew I was going to forget. I'm forgetting the name of my favorite cigar. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, actually, I have a couple. Uh, um, uh, punch and... Um, oh, those are great cigars. Yeah, right. Punch is a great cigar. Yeah. And um, oh, why am I blanking this? I have no idea. <laughs> and it's a big... It's a very big name in the cigar world, but um, anyway, I have a couple. I enjoy them. That's probably my biggest vice. That on top of a good Friday evening martini after the week mm-hmm. is <laughs> after the week is done. There and, you go. Uh, you know, just to come down from the week, and yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah. So so let me suggest you try a Gibson. What was it? what was it? Let me suggest you try a Gibson. Gibson? Uh, yeah, a Gibson is like a martini, but instead of olives, yeah. you, you get you get some uh, uh, some uh, uh, cocktail onions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I'm not a gin martini guy. I'm a strictly. Oh, I'm a, vodka. I'm a, I, yeah, I'm a vodka martini guy too. But, but uh, uh, those cocktail onions that they uh, you can buy them like a total oh, wine yeah. or some other. Yeah. Uh, but that's a, that's a nice alternative to. A mar- I'm not a big fan of olives, but I like these, oh, uh, no. cocktail onions. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's part of the reason why I drink martinis is for the olives. Oh, okay. But um, this has been fun and been interesting, uh, Forrest. I want to thank you for your time. I mean, oh, thank you for having me. I, thank I, you. I, for, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I play baseball with an old guy named Forrest. Yeah, mm-hmm. Oris. Yeah. So, no, it's been fun. We fun. We've touched a lot of topics, and. Um, why don't you give all the ways that our my listeners can reach out and uh, listen to and uh, t- and contact you? Okay, uh, probably the easiest way is to contact me through my uh, uh, website at the standard.academy, and there's a contact me, me form. 
Uh, also, uh, to listen to my podcast at oldguytalkstome.com. Uh, if my producer is, is correct, is does it properly, it, it shows up uh, every it should be every Wednesday morning. Uh, but sometimes I have to get on them about it. And, and we've got new material every week uh, and uh, stuff. And actually, I'm uh, I'm being interviewed. Uh, I have a friend interview me for my podcast, and uh, we're, it's going to run. It's uh, two episodes, uh, but it's going to be uh, about one of the most significant intellectual, emotional, and physical challenges I've ever experienced in my life. And uh, that has to do with uh, uh, having an ostomy bag for a short while. Oh, okay. I had yeah. a I had a friend growing up. He had this. We were playing football in one of the vacant lots in my neighborhood, and mm-hmm. he had this weird pouch on his side, and yeah. we were all like, "Dude, what's that?" And he, he, we stopped the game, and he educated us what it was. It was like, "Oh, okay." We went back and. You know, we were playing touch football, and he went back and played football. <laughs> so, it's, it's amazing that he was able to play. I'm, I'm, I'm totally stunned. Yeah. No, but, he, but, was, uh, he was out there, and God bless Dale. He's still with us <laughs> to this yeah. day. So, yeah. Were they were they ever able to reverse it, or still have his bag? No. He, as far as I know, he that was a very temporary thing. So. Right. Oh, good for him. Yeah. So. I, same thing for me, but it was it was trying. Right. It was, it was trying. All right. Well, All right. I, I want to thank you again. And one last time, your inf- information on your podcast and your uh, old guy talks to me dot mm-hmm. com, and uh, then the other uh, my uh, website is called the Standard dot Academy, and uh, that's the easiest place to contact me through the contact section. All right. And uh, oh, oh yeah, I got sure. one last thing. One yeah. last thing I forgot, I forgot to plug here. Uh, you can sign up to get my free digital magazine okay. at the at the standard dot academy forward slash magazine. Right. And uh, there's all sorts of interesting uh, life hacks in there to help you. There's uh, several articles, and one of them is how to turn a woman on in 30 seconds. So this has been Oris, and say your last name. <laughs> Komernitsky. <laughs> and he is a renaissance man du jour. And um, he'll t- we touched them all, the base. we touched all the bases today. Here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Our summers are so short in Minnesota, it can be easy to forget about important safety measures. And when extreme heat is involved, safety is even more critical. Here are a few things to remember to keep you and your loved ones, including your pets, safe and comfortable. One, remember to not leave your pets and kids in your vehicle. Two, always stay hydrated in hot weather. Three, avoid exercise during the hottest times of the day. Four, stay in air conditioning as much as possible. Five, when traveling, stay sky aware. Check the forecast, prepare for unsafe driving conditions, thunderstorms and tornadoes. High temperatures kill hundreds of people every year, but most heat-related deaths and illnesses are preventable. If we all slow down, take some time, 
check on our loved ones, and enjoy the beautiful season. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant. And we're back to close the show. Again, I want to thank Oris. And I'm sorry, Oris. I'm not going to attempt your last name. A Renaissance man who can cover testosterone, cigars, comedy, um, manliness. He just touched them all. He touched all the bases. Again, I can be heard on Apple Podcasts and Podbean. And invite a friend, and if you or somebody is in need of repair of athletic equipment, maybe you would also want to try jbsgloverepair.com. Yes, I fix gloves, but I fix more than just gloves. Repair uniforms, I can repair gloves. Maybe some minor issues with catcher equipment or other protective equipment you may have for hockey or such things. And that's, again, at jbsgloverepair.com. Next week, I will be turning 60. That's why I had this show. So, again, thanks for listening. Have a good Memorial Holiday weekend. And continue to tell friends about the JB's Low Tech Podcast. JB is my name, and f***ing up motherfuckers is my game. I am Negro Black. African American black, black, black. Django, J. B. Damn, Dolomite. Great in heaven, you know. J. B. Our great Negro sex machine.